Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life-ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. So we want to thank HEV for making today's podcast possible. HEV makes it a priority to get involved and make a difference in the lives of friends and neighbors. HEB Operation Appreciation is a company-wide campaign created to honor the brave men and women of the U.S. Armed Forces, men and women who are HEB partners and customers, friends, and family. Operation Appreciation partners with organizations like us, the Military Child Education Coalition that supports U.S. troops and their families. In contributing time, talent, and financial support, HEB recognizes and appreciates the dedication and sacrifices service members make on behalf of the nation. So for our listeners in Texas, check out one of your neighborhood HEB grocery stores. And HEB, thank you for sponsoring this podcast for the sake of the child. everyone to our MSEC podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Tarek Leeson. I'm the producer, but today I will also be your host for our episode highlighting another one of our extraordinary military kids during the month of the military child. Joining me is Avalon. Thank you for agreeing to talk with us today. So let's start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. I grew up in San Antonio, Texas until I was about eight, and then we started moving around. We moved around probably about every year, so I went to a lot of different schools. And then we went, we were stationed in Florida for about three years. And after that move, we realized that I was probably going to move between my junior and senior year. So to avoid that, we decided that I was going to go to a boarding school. During your time of this moving around, what have you liked most about being a military kid? Probably just the ex- all the experiences that I've gained and not to mention being able to have friends all across the United States. Just the difference in weather when you FaceTime them, some, some of them where it's snowing and then some people it's over 100 degrees. So what was the hardest part? What did you find to be more challenging? Uh, Definitely the hardest part was adjusting to new schools, especially when I had grown up going to the same school until I was eight. So trying to make new friends did not come easy. But I think after the few moves, I kind of got the hang of it, and I definitely was able to break break out of my shell and try a lot of different things that I probably wouldn't have gotten to experience or would have had the courage to try if I would have stayed at the same school. At one point, you mentioned moving about every year, maybe after you were eight. What types of schools have you attended during that time frame when you were moving pretty often with your military assignments? I attended all public schools until recently. Uh, two of them were magnet schools, which is, means they have a certain focus in an area. One of them was an IB, and the other one was a Cambridge program. How many schools would you say that you've attended altogether in all of your school years to this point? Right now, I've attended six different schools. And did you ever encounter academic challenges or other challenges at school as a result of that moving so much? Definitely. Uh, Moving between different schools, a lot of the teachers knew the students from the past years and they would refer to things that they had learned in the past years and those were typically things that I hadn't learned. So some classes I was really behind and then in others I had already learned everything that the teachers were talking about. 
I want to refer to the time that you were behind. So when you were behind, how was that handled? Uh, my teachers worked with me outside of class and they were to help me. It was mainly probably in sixth grade in my English class. I hadn't covered figurative language yet. And with the book we were reading covered that and I had never heard about it before. So when I was reading the book, it was very difficult to understand until my teacher realized that I wasn't comprehending what the story was conveying just because I didn't understand really the figurative language and wasn't able to fully comprehend it because of that. Did you grow up wanting to go to boarding school? I definitely did not. I was not even aware of what boarding school really was until eighth grade when my current school did a recruitment fair from my class. So at the time, boarding school kind of seemed as something like, oh, it was kind of seemed like a punishment. It wasn't a common thing that you heard of. And at the time, I didn't want to leave my parents. It just didn't seem like something that I wanted to do. So interesting that you bring that up in your explanation, because that's exactly what I thought And before I started researching what boarding school really is. So I think that's really going to resonate with our listeners, because so many of us, it's just not as common over here. So I'm super excited to learn more about your experiences there and for you to educate all of us on what it really is like. So what makes boarding school different than traditional school settings that you've been in? I think a lot of it is the relationships that you develop with the people you're going to school with. Right now, I have a best friend who lives across the hall and I get to see her every day. And not to, not only when we're in school, which is, which we don't even have any classes together, but when we come back to the house and where you go to dinner together, you're just a lot more independent and you're in more, you're in better control of your own life, which I was, which I truly enjoyed. But I will say it is different in a lot of ways. I think the big difference is, is you're living at your school. So home and school are not really separate anymore. So you kind of have to find ways to separate them. But I think it's definitely actually helped me academically being able to have teachers there who are able to help you 24-7 and just having the resources of living at your school. And I think at your school in particular, your teachers either live very close by or sort of or need to live nearby. So does that make it more of like a family environment with your instructors? Definitely. I think a lot of it depends on which dorm you live in. So we have a lot of dorms that are a lot bigger. For girls' dorms specifically, some have up to 80 girls, but I actually chose to live in a house, which is a lot smaller, so we only have 11 girls, and the house is split in two. So on one side of it, all of us have, and we have our bathrooms, we have a common room with a kitchen and all of our rooms, and then on the other side of the house, we have our dorm advisor, who she's actually used the dorm this year, but she lives there with her husband and then her two young kids, but she's also a teacher at the school. So it's kind of fun because you still get to have that family environment. And then when you live in the bigger dorms, there's two or three people living in those bigger dorms in specific areas of them, but I know they're not as close or have that the same kind of connections that you get in the smaller dorms. From what I understand, like your dorm or your house, like that's part of your identity at school too, right? That's a big part of how you might identify yourself to others or visitors or even other people on your campus. Yes, definitely. Especially when we have assemblies, people will say where they're living and everyone will scream the name of that dorm. And we even have day students who don't live on campus. They live within the area, so they still live at home with their parents and they're typically affiliated with a dorm. A lot of larger dorms also have t-shirts 
for theirs. So I know one of the girls' dorms has like the Friends logo on it. So you'll see a lot of girls wearing their sweatshirts with their dorm name on it. However, uh, my my house unfortunately doesn't have a T-shirt right now since we just switched back from we just switched back to being a girls' dorm from being a boys' dorm uh, two years ago. Maybe you guys will take it on as a house project or school project to design T-shirts or something like that. We've already been brainstorming some ideas for next year. So I think I heard you say that you decided that this was maybe even possibly an option in eighth grade. And so that your current principal at the school that you go to came to your, was it a public school or a charter school? And that's how it even became in your mind. Can you tell me how did you know this type of option might be a good fit for you? Well, I think when I heard about it, I was just kind of drawn to it. But that year um, in eighth grade, I even kind of knew then that I wasn't ready, but I also wasn't necessarily ready to let the opportunity go. So I went, I went ahead with the application process, but unfortunately I got waitlisted uh, my eighth grade year, but I think it's actually turned out pretty well because I was definitely not prepared to go away my ninth grade year. So I think having that extra year of living with my parents and being able to have a year of going to a normal high school was definitely helpful and allowed me to grow with not only my confidence, but just also socially. Can you tell me a little bit more about what the application process was like? Yes, so my current school uh, has a very tedious application process. So I had to do an interview, which seemed a lot more stressful than it actually was. Uh, my first time being interviewed, I had an alumni interview me, and the second time someone from the admissions office flew down and interviewed me. Uh, both times were very, were very relaxed, not very stressful. They're all very nice, but I would definitely say it's helpful to have questions prepared to ask them after the interview's over. So I had to do an interview. I also had to take the SSAT, or there's other tests that you can take. You don't have to take that one specifically. But it's kind of just a version of it. I know I had to take a different one when I applied in ninth grade, but it's just, it's kind of like taking the SAT, but at a different level. And I also had to do essay questions. I had, for my school specifically, I had to do three essay questions, but I know for a lot of other boarding schools, there can be a lot more. And along with, I had to get recommendation letters from my current teachers at the time. So to me, it sounds very similar to the college application process. Yes. However, I will say there's a lot more resources from what I saw. My schools that I currently attend specifically, they gave us access to some SSAT prep, and they were also very helpful with just the process and all. And you could always email the admissions office, and they were very kind and could walk you through any steps. And with your interviews, were those virtual or in-person interviews? Did you all have to fly out to your location at your school to do them, or were they willing to do it virtually? I feel like that's pretty important for a military family who might be considering this to know how flexible they were about things like that. Definitely. Both times I was fortunate enough to have an in-person interview. The first time I was interviewed by an alumni and we met at a Panera and he just asked me some basic questions and wrote up his notes and they were sent to the application office. The second time someone from the admissions office was already in our area presenting at my old middle school and she agreed to meet me and she actually did my interview then, which I personally like that interview much better just because it's someone who's in the admissions office and is able to really answer any specific questions you may have. But I do know a lot of, most of the students that I've asked who are currently on campus went on campus 
for their interview, although I do know a lot of students live in the surrounding area that go there. But they would go on campus and they go to the missions office and they do their interview. And actually on campus now, I'm part of a group that gives tours to those students. So those students will come on campus, they get a tour, and then they, when the tour is over, they go and they do their interview with someone who works in the admissions office. Yeah, we have a program like that at the MSEC called Student to Student that they welcome new students and give them a tour. And when I was in high school, it was called Ambassadors. I loved that, given the tours. Tell me a little bit about how you like being away at boarding school, and then maybe if you've ever felt homesick or how you handled being away from your parents for the first time. I think it was definitely difficult in the beginning. But I think it's also really different just because I'm able to call my parents anytime. And I'd actually say it has actually helped our relationship a lot just because I really do cherish the time that I have with them now just because it is limited. I do think it's actually helped our relationship in that sense. Uh, I would say probably the first few weeks of being there is when I got really homesick. I miss my dogs. I miss my bed. But I think once you start to build relationships there and you start to get a lot of good friends and you start to get connected with clubs and sports, you really start to enjoy your, the new life that you're creating there. But then you also get to come home to your family and you typically get really spoiled when you come home for Christmas and Thanksgiving. So that's, that's fun. From your viewpoint, what have been the advantages and then the disadvantages of this choice to go to boarding school? A lot of the advantages would be academics in general. A lot of boarding schools have a lot more opportunities that they have sports-wise. They have way more sports available than my last school, a ton of clubs, a lot of college help, and not to mention just having the teachers there to truly help you if you need anything. In some ways, it truly forces you to focus on your academics, but also is really helpful socially since you're living with, the, with these people. But because of that, you get to form a really strong relationship with them, and it's completely different than the relationships you've formed with your friends in the past at normal public high schools. So, so far, have you, do you feel like there's any downsides? I think adjusting is a big one. I kind of went into it thinking, I've done this several times, I got it, it's going to be like normal, it's just going to take a while to make new friends, and then I'll be fine. But I definitely think it was a different adjustment. It was not what I was expecting. It definitely takes a while. But once you get it, I truly am happy being there and I really enjoy it. So I think the adjustment and just you, you are living on your own. And I think it's a big shock to be as independent, which is good in some ways. But having to manage yourself, having to do your laundry, having to make sure you're doing your homework on time, making sure you're getting enough sleep, making sure you're eating properly. It's just kind of a shock after being there the first term and making sure that you're still on track without someone telling you what to do constantly. You mentioned that you love it. Would you recommend this choice to other military students to go to boarding school? And if so, why would you do that? I definitely would. I think it is a great option if you don't want to move around during high school. I know a lot of students would like the stability. And I know a lot of military kids also don't like having to leave their friends that they've made in high school. And I think that a lot of the friends I've made after not even being there a full year yet are friendships that I'm in a house for a long time because these are people that I'm not only living with, but I'm going to be able to see for the next three years. So I'm curious, can you walk us through maybe one of your typical days in your life at school? Yes. So one thing that's very different is our class schedule. So typically I'll wake up, our first class will start at eight, which is very nice because it's a lot later than I'm used to starting school. And it is similar to colleges. So some days I may have all my classes. Other days I may only have four classes. Some I may have three. And we have 
what's considered full days of classes, but some classes don't meet um, every single day of the week. So depending on what classes I have that day, I'll get up at eight. We have classes running until six, but we typically, we have breaks after two classes and sometimes one of those classes won't meet. It's a really weird and complicated schedule, but it works out pretty well and I enjoy it. But we have hour breaks and then in there, there's a two hour period of time between eight and six and it changes depending on what sport you're in that you go and do sports. Or if you're opting, which means you're choosing not to do sports, you just have two hours of free time and you have less classes, or not less classes, but you have more free time and extra time to work on homework than other students do. So tell me a little bit more about your classes and teachers, because I feel like this is unique to the setting that you're in right now. How is that different yeah. than maybe a public school? Well, my school currently uses Harkness as their main method of learning, which is considered discussion-based learning. So our classes are a lot smaller. Uh, our class size, from what I've seen, typically ranges from 10 to 14 students, which is pretty small. And what happens is the teacher actually does not necessarily lecture. So it starts and we typically will come into class and it depends on what subject you're learning at the time. But the basic format is you come into class and we'll typically talk about the homework and what we learned from it and the teacher will jump in if there's a lag in conversation or if there's a question we don't know the answer to. But the teacher really steps back and lets the students run the, run the conversation and truly be in, in control of how we're learning the material. So what are your plans after high school and how has this school option helped to prepare you for your post-secondary goals? So I read like there's, it's like 100% of students that attend your school go on to post-secondary education. So how does this environment set you up for that? Well, I think one of the big benefits is that we have college counselors and there's a lot of them. So next year, when I'm a junior, uh, I get assigned a college counselor and I start meeting with them, I believe once every two weeks. And I talk to them and they help set me up and figure out kind of what I want to do after high school and can provide all kinds of resources. My school also has SAT and ACT prep. So you, there's actually a program where you can go and take the SAT or, or take a practice test for the SAT or ACT and they'll grade it for you and give it back to you and can give you help with the sections that you needed help with. So I think just the resources of applying for colleges are very helpful. And not to mention, since applying to the school is very similar, the process of applying to the school is very similar to the process that I'll go through applying to colleges. I think it'll be helpful to have that kind of experience going into that application season. I think it was also really helpful just because of all the opportunities that the school offers and all the resources they have, I was able to find a lot of interest that I didn't know I had before. Like I've gone to pretty small schools in the past and they haven't had the same resources. So while I've been at this school, I've been able to find out that I really like theater and find out that I'm not as bad a drawer as I thought I was. And just there's a lot of things that now seem like it's something I could go into just because I have the opportunity to explore it. So this qu next question is, just from curiosity, what are weekends like there? Like, what do you do on the weekends? Weekends are really fun. So we are able to go 10 miles around our campus. So if you go 10 miles outside of, if you go outside the 10 mile radius, you have to get permission from the dean and you're not allowed to get in the car. But other than that, we're really close to a small town and we have ice cream, there's a comic book store, which I really enjoy, a lot of coffee, coffee shops. We're within walking distance from a grocery store. 
there's a Walgreens, you find out that things that you didn't think were very interesting before actually are very interesting when you're surrounded by your friends. But uh, that's a lot of it. There's also on the weekends a bus to the mall, which also mall and movies. So they'll take you, they bus you over and they drop you off at about five and then we're there for several hours and then the bus will come pick us up and bring us back on campus right before our check-in time. But I think on the weekends you, tr you have a lot of control over what you want to do other than having to check in at a certain time and of course having to follow the school's rules. But on Sundays, that's when most of our clubs meet since we have classes until six on normal days. So our Sundays are kind of taken out by clubs and homework, so we really only have one weekend days. But since you do have complete control over what you're doing, I really do enjoy it. And I know that you're home now for COVID-19, but do you typically get to go home for holidays? So I know you mentioned Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then if you aren't able to go home, can you describe how holidays are celebrated there? So my school separates our terms based on when holidays are. So our first, we have our first term and then we go home for Thanksgiving and then we go back for two weeks and then we come home for Christmas and then we have our winter term and then we come back for spring break and then we go back for our third term, but we didn't go back this time because of COVID-19. But from my understanding, some students who aren't able to go back, they are able to stay in the dorms, specifically students who are international and don't, aren't able to go home at the time. But while they're there, they, they're typically visiting with faculty or they have another friend who's still on campus or they hang out with their friends who are day students and still in the surrounding area. But I think most students do end up going home for the holidays. I know for the, there was a while when, the school, when our school did not give us Thanksgiving off and they combined Thanksgiving break into winter break. And I know that they, uh, the cafeterias did a big um, Thanksgiving feast for anyone who wanted to join in on that and did a lot of activities. And I think they put on a fair. And we also have fall fest that they do, which is run by student council. So they do try to provide as many activities as possible and really any experiences that you're kind of missing out on at home, they try to make up for there. This podcast is all about sharing stories. Avalon, do you have any final words of advice or stories that you would like to share with our listeners? My main advice would be give it a try. It definitely seems scary and it might seem like something that you don't want to do, but look into it. Look at the schools that are out there. There may be one that's right for you. There's a lot of boarding schools that, are that have a main focus, whether it's theater, art, science, math, and there, there, is one out there might be one out there that you really are drawn to and might be good for you. I think it's just important to not sign it off because it, it really is a great opportunity, and I think overall it's really helped, even though it was something that I thought I would never be doing. I think that's great advice. After I started researching a little bit for this podcast, I started getting really excited. I couldn't wait for this conversation. So I think that's excellent. Now I'd like to ask a few questions from your mom, Tina. Thank you for sharing your perspective on the decision for Avalon to attend boarding school with all of our listeners. So as a parent, did you always think your child would go to boarding school or how did this all come about from your perspective? Oh my goodness. No, I never really thought about boarding school. I mean, I grew up in in the south and kind of where i'm from that was either bad kids or kids who had a lot of money <laughs> so 
So it was, it never really crossed my mind at all. So it was a little shocking that this even came up in our conversation. Hello, listeners. I want you to join us back next week for a whole conversation with Tina from the parents' perspective on how they came to the decision for Avalon to go to boarding school. So be sure to join us back next week to hear more of Tina's interview. This is just a small clip this week. Tina and Avalon, thank you so much for chatting with me today and for sharing your stories with our listeners. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.